Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where John Negroni and Will Ashton discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. So sit back, relax, and pour one out for the two and only Cinemaholics. Welcome, welcome once again to Cinemaholics, only on We Got This Covered. I am John Agroni from the Internet California, and joining me this week to talk about Ghost in the Shell later on in this episode, Soundmaster Maverick Hines from the Broadband Basement. Hello. As usual, it feels good to get out of the basement. It's my weekly trip into you know normal life. It feels good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it smells really nice out here in the Internet California. And, it's good. Uh, I, think that, uh, I think that's because we also, we also took you out of the... Uh, we took you out of the broadband basement to go watch Ghost in the Shell. It was a good time. It was I a lot mean, of fun. Kind of. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. And, you know, elephant in the room here, we're missing a voice. Our yeah. boy, Will Ashton, is out of town so this week, and uh, we're working on getting him some bomb new audio equipment. So next week, hopefully, right. he'll That's be right. coming on strong. We'll be, we'll be doing it right. I'm really sad. I want to know what he thinks of Ghost in the Shell. Maybe we can get him to talk about it next week. It's tough. Yeah, we'll do a little... Little little, little, teaser. little thing. We'll let him get his his grade out. Now, if you're listening and you're you're like one of thousands of listeners wondering, well, come on, are you guys going to talk about the Belko experiment or what? Well, congratulations because we have a bonus episode on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher exclusively. So if you love the podcast and maybe you've been hanging out with us on YouTube, hitting the like button, commenting that you're early, mm. well, guess what? Now you can go to our audio channels. And you can check out our bonus episode. We talked about the Belko experiment for like 30 minutes. Yeah, it was a fun time. A little bit more relaxed. Just kind of a nice open conversation. Yeah, we were a little less antagonistic, I think. We talked about Pop-Tarts a bit. You talked about Pop-Tarts a lot. You responded, though. Like, don't put this all on me. I mean, I had to lead the viewers somewhere. Like, they had to understand. You You have to say yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they pay me for in the broadband basement. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's dial-up. Yeah. Well, we're going to be <laughs> doing a lot basement. of uh, the dial-up basement. You're going to be about to get demoted, yeah. Sounds good. Well, over here in the fiber optics internet, California, we have a lot of uh, movie news to get to. Um, Let's do a it. A lot of it. And uh, I don't even know where to start. Literally, because right before the show started, Soundmaster Maverick Hines is whispering nothings into my ear about changing, changing the order so I guess first we're going to talk about Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Because you should always start with Star Wars. Sure. And maybe you're listening and you're like, hey, I want to know about Ghost in the Shell more than anything. I don't want to wait. Well, if you're hanging out with us on YouTube, you can just always go to the thumbnail and you can check out the timestamps. We always prefer that you enjoy Cinemaholics in a linear, relaxed it's like, it's like listening to a good record from start to finish, and uh, I think that's what you're going to get with this episode. It's a very proud statement, John. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're a good record. This is the rumors for Fleetwood Mac. Let's say that. <laughs> is that too much? We went from Internet California to we're, we're Fleetwood Mac now. we're now. vinyl. Yeah. yeah, we're vinyl Fleetwood Mac. Just trying to keep up with the broadband basement. Bold statement. Mm-hmm. Dial-up basement. You just demoted me. The dial-up basement, yeah. yeah. The DSL. <clears throat> uh, that's pretty fast, too. Yeah. Uh, the modem basement. The modem. Yeah, so we're gonna get, we're gonna get into some movie news, but uh, and don't forget, uh, we're gonna be talking about a lot of things that you can also catch in written form. Go to wegotthiscover.com for more about everything we're talking about, the details, as it were, along with finding more episodes of this podcast, including on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and all of that, wherever podcasts are sold. But let's uh, let's get started here. Let's talk about Star Wars. Remember, you know, I remember <laughs> it's funny. Twenty fifteen, Force Awakens comes out. Star Wars: The Force Awakens. And you and I watched that movie together. I think we were in the same row. We did, yeah. Those those were some good seats. Yeah, you wouldn't let me sit by you, but it was a fun. That's time right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't want you to have such a good view, mm. but it was it was good. It worked out. And uh, we were watching Force Awakens, and I remember I kind of came out of that movie a little bit mixed, and I think you really liked it. I loved it. I had a really good time. Yeah. And I think most of that came from you know, like I think most people hit a lot of nostalgia. Got me right in my childhood feels, and I, I enjoyed the ride. I uh, was pretty upset with you mm-hmm. because, in true John fashion, you just came out bashing everything. That's right. I'm pretty sure we've gotten some yeah. comments on that too. That's like your. We actually we got a review where somebody was like, "Can John like talk less about movie minutia?" No, I think you just said, "Can John talk less?" I think yeah, that well, that's you. I was being a little <laughs> bit more specific. Yeah, let's just say across the board. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really. Really liked the movie a lot. I, I had a good time with it. I thought the characters were good. I think, I think it was, you know, I think it respected the franchise well. 
Yeah, sure. And it was the start of a new trilogy. Well, we just got some interesting news from uh, Disney and Lucasfilm. It's a rumor, I should say, actually. Rumors. We got it from Star Wars Net that uh, Disney is looking to do a fourth Star Wars trilogy after episode nine. So this is based on a report from Star Wars Net. And uh, take it with a grain of salt. I, I Obviously, it, Star Wars Celebration is coming up uh, very soon, mm-hmm. May 4th. So we'll we'll know plenty more then. But uh, when it comes to just kind of looking at the timeline of all the Star Wars movie, movies coming out in the next few years, I mean, there are a lot. So stop me if you've heard of any of these ones, Maverick. Uh, there is the Han Solo solo movie. Very excited for that. <laughs> yeah. So that's another one, like a Rogue One, a Star Wars story, that yeah, kind of deal. Sure. That movie, how did you come out of that one? Out of Rogue One? Yeah. Um, again, I, I liked it a lot. I think I liked Force Awakens more, um, and I think I'm unpopular in that opinion, too. I think a lot of people prefer Rogue One over uh, it. That's not an unpopular opinion. It's definitely contested. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I thought Rogue One was good. I think um, my my biggest takeaway, and I, and I heard this a lot from people, too, is that I think people wanted um, more of this kind of Jedi element, and I think I was missing that, but... I think be- that's because I went into it expecting more of that, mm-hmm. not realizing what the story was going to be. This is what happens every time you expect something. Yeah. And oh, then and once you can kind of take a seat back and realize what that story was meant to be, it's easier for me to be like, oh, yeah, like that movie was really well done. I just went in with the wrong expectations. So, yeah, it's weird. I had kind of that problem with it, too. I had some other issues, but, you know, we don't have to get into it. This is not a Rogue One review, but... Uh, yeah, I was I was kind of the same with Rogue One as I was Force Awakens. I actually liked Force Awakens a little bit more. Um, and I thought Force Awakens was solid. I just didn't love it. But that's fine. I think Episode Eight is going to be awesome based on what we know so far. So there's that movie coming out. Uh, episode Eight, obviously. Episode Nine. And a bunch of other projects that haven't really even been announced. Uh, including, uh, well, kind this one's up in the air. An Obi-Wan spinoff. So uh, that that's another thing that sort of broke the news this week is that it's looking like the Obi-Wan spinoff is definitely happening, maybe. And it's going to be Disney's a giving us a lot movie, of right? evidence. Why is it going to be a trilogy? No, so Obi-Wan is going to be like a standalone, yeah. its own thing. It's chill, you know, just have... Uh, we, we were talking about this before the show. Is it going to be between like uh, his, his years as Ben Kenobi, mm-hmm. right, before A New Hope? I'm not so sure, though, because that would... I don't know. It, he... Would it, would it really be just him on Tatooine, just shooting the breeze? I don't think he would leave Tatooine. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't tapped much into, you know, the fan fiction and all the, you know, the internet deep web stuff about Star Wars. Sure. So I don't have a lot of information about the in-between from, you know, three to four and that kind of filler stuff. And I don't well, know if there when, is On any... the bonus episode, we were talking about Star Wars Rebels, or I tried to, and you cut me off because you're like, that's for kids. Uh, I hate you. I said none of those things. You, you can't I make it thought, fun of me for watching. I Disney thought XD. all of those things. I yeah. said none of it. No, but anyway. But yeah, in Star Wars Rebels, we do like Obi Wan Kenobi is in that show at one point, mm-hmm. or I think he, yeah, he's coming up. And obviously, he was in Clone Wars, the show, and we we know a bit. And also in the spinoff, he would be it would be Ewan McGregor again, which would be, I, I I gotta say of the from the prequels, he was one of my favorite things about the prequels. Yeah, one I of think, the few things I thought was pretty good i think he did great but um yeah i, I mean I, I think part of me really wants it to be the gap between three and four and kind of filling that space but i also understand that there's only so much you can do with that to a certain point because of like what you said the, the cartoons sure they're, they're kind of yeah. limited in what what's available for them to create at that point um, i mean but where I, else are they going to go with it exactly right? because I, I mean before the prequels he's training with yoda and he's training with qui-gon mm-hmm. so what and then would we have him in anakin you know, their adventures between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. I don't know. I, we already have Clone Wars. I don't think we need to go anywhere near yeah. that stuff again. I, I'm very reticent. They, I, want, I, want to, I want more information. Yeah. They, I mean, they could use it as a, as a way to kind of answer some of the questions that The Force Awakens brought up mm-hmm. as to, you know, who, is Ray's, who are Ray's parents, stuff like that. Because I, I think I read one fan fiction. I did read one where it was suggesting that maybe Obi-Wan, after the demise of the Republic, kind of gave up the Jedi way of not having, you know, a wife and stuff like that and maybe had children. So that, I mean, they could play on that as a response to some of the fan fiction that came out after sure, Force Awakens. there are rumors that Obi-Wan might have some sort of connection with Rey from Force Awakens because in that little, in that scene in Force Awakens, you hear Obi-Wan's voice. And so some people are speculating, oh, what if Rey's like his granddaughter or something like that? Exactly, and, yeah. Which I don't really personally believe, but... 
I'm not saying it's true, but I'm saying they could use this, whatever this is going to be, as a way to answer some of those questions instead of deliberately just kind of doing it in the next, you know, the next movie. My question is, who's asking these questions? Me. Just just me. Just you. Yep. That makes sense. Uh, okay, so uh, back, to, though, to the main story, yeah. which is a fourth trilogy. So we don't know anything about it, obviously. It's still a rumor from Star Wars News Net. So let's say the, the Ray tri- trilogy ends. Uh, Ray, Finn... Uh, Poe, Kylo Ren, all that stuff is over. The uh, Mark Hamill, his his whole thing, the original characters from the original trilogy is done. So, what then? What what do we want for a fourth trilogy? Like, where is this still like a Skywalker thing at this point? Or and I know it's tough to answer that question because we don't know how this trilogy is going to end. It's true. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of open ended right now. Um, I, before we go on, I was going to ask the the Han Solo movie. Did you say it was just a single movie? Or is it okay? I didn't know if it was going to be a trilogy or not. I was very, I was very specific to make that clear because, yeah, yeah it's definitely it would definitely be an anthology. It would be like a Star Wars story. It would yeah. be like Rogue One and all of that. Okay. Same thing with the Han Solo movie. That's what we were just talking about. Or yeah, same thing with the Obi Wan <laughs> movie. I've also heard a Boba Fett one. I've heard the that one's that. been bounced around, and nobody's entirely sure if that's happening for real. A lot of people thought. Uh, I think at this point. People are thinking that it's going to be tied into the Han Solo movie mm-hmm. uh, because uh, there's also a Yoda movie that people are floating. And can I just say, like, the more I talk about this subject, the more I hate it. Yeah, I'm gonna. I I I hate all of these Star Wars anthology movies that have to do with characters we already know. I was totally into Rogue One. I went into it wanting to love it. I didn't love it, but all of this stuff and I. I like it hurts to be excited about Han Solo, and I am actually inside excited because it has actors that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'm good. Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones, yeah, uh huh. Donald Glover, obviously. Every time. Um, Alden Einright from Hail Caesar, yeah, fine. He looks the part. Aside from that, the idea of like, okay, now we're gonna do Boba Fett. Okay, now Obi Wan. Uh, now we're gonna go into Yoda. I hate it. Yeah, I, I don't want it. I think with certain characters like Yoda. I don't know why, and and I love Yoda's character, but not interested at all in like an origin couldn't, story. Or couldn't be, like, yeah, it's even just... less. And these things lend themselves to television, mm-hmm. right? And that's the other thing I was I was going to say. So part of this rumor that uh, the fourth trilogy, you might be hearing that, and you might be thinking so soon. Well, the nice thing is the rumor is suggesting that it would happen a while. Like we wouldn't get a fourth trilogy. Until like a while after a episode, while. they're going to do a break and do some TV stuff. A long right? break. That's the that's the rumor, right? Yeah. So then they would fill it with like TV shows, and that's what I hope these rumored spinoffs are actually going to turn out to be, with the exception of the Han Solo one. So, yeah. a Yoda TV show sort of thing, or maybe it's something that involves Yoda. I'm okay. I'm down for that for TV, yeah. right? It doesn't have to be like Star Wars Rebels, but if it was like a primetime network show, we were talking before the show, you've never seen Firefly, which kind of makes me not. super angry. Everyone in the house got mad at me when I said that too. I don't understand. That's right. And they had every reason to be, and I, I you'll find out soon. So that's going to be, that's going to be a development. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like TV shows that like have that kind of production value of Firefly, uh, for those of you who are fans would be awesome. I think that that makes more sense. I think that that break between the trilogies gold. Yeah. I think the rumor I, I had read had, had said, um, they're going to take a break and they're going to wait until they know people are wanting mm-hmm. another, like they want people to really be kind of chomping at the bit for this next movie. And then they're going to start oh, releasing gonna them be. again. They're going to be so ready, which might be sooner than they expect <laughs> because yeah. And, and look, the thing is, and you might be listening and you and you, we want to know your opinion, obviously cinemaholics, uh, because you also love star Wars movies, I'm sure. But it, are you kind of down with that sort of format? The idea of TV shows kind of having these spinoffs and the movies being more... I want the movies to be more epic in scale. Yeah. I want them to have some more importance behind them. I'm not saying that that was the case with Rogue One. I think Rogue One was cool because it was an experiment to sort of like widen the universe yeah. and do like a straight up war movie. All of that stuff I thought was solid. I love that aspect of it. But the thing is people seem to be gravitating toward their favorite part of that was the Darth Vader scene, Right. And that's not what I wanted. And I love the Darth Vader scene. It was good. But yeah, again, I think it had, it pulled too much from the rest of the movie. And it, I mean, it, it was a great scene. It was not my favorite scene, but I, I can see why a lot of people saw it as, as so important. Yeah. And of course, obviously people also love the other things in that movie. We shouldn't be exclusionary, but you know what I'm saying? It's, I think that that was the reaction mm-hmm. there. That was the thing that people had the strongest reaction to. So anyway, 
that's kind of the future of Star Wars at the moment. Once again, well, well, John, you never answered. I would like to hear what your you think this Obi Wan thing might be. Like, what would your gut be for this? Honestly, the only thing that even makes a little bit of sense is like right after Episode Three. Yeah. You know, so he's on Tatooine. Maybe there is like I could see them planning it this way. We find out in Episode Eight that Ben Kenobi had a family. Right, so that he he mm-hmm. stopped being a Jedi. He changed his name for that purpose, and something tragic happens to his family. Maybe he decides to leave Luke behind and not like be around him anymore. So, I could maybe sort of see like a seed of a good idea there, uh, because there are a lot of things that the Obi Wan character doesn't really confront in the original trilogy, like with what what with his baggage with Anakin. Yeah, like why doesn't he decide? to take on Darth Vader and what if that is something that leads to his downfall so mm-hmm. yeah okay cool I just wanted to hear what you, you had to say about that yeah who knows we'll find out soon but uh, before we had just one more thing we wanted to bring up for some movie news Joss Whedon one of my favorite directors and somebody who you know I think the only thing Maverick you have any connection to with Joss Whedon because you haven't seen Firefly you haven't seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer you haven't even watched Avengers Age of Ultron uh, I'm, why am so, I I'm roasting you right now. Yeah. But <laughs> that's why you're here. This is a, you're the, you're You're helping me. Yeah. So Joss Whedon, of course, is director and uh, producer, writer, creator of a lot of great uh, cultural pieces in our lives that we've had the chance to enjoy. And uh, one of them being is the Avengers, which you apparently love. Yeah, I really enjoyed. It. I, I loved it. Great movie. Avengers is fantastic, and Joss Whedon did a great job with that movie. Also, I really like Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, you haven't seen it, but I think I've a seen, lot I've of seen people. Parts of it, I just haven't watched the whole thing. A lot of people didn't love that movie. Okay, uh, it's, it's not. It's not quite as beloved. I think there's actually some people who think it's kind of bad. I'm not one of them. I really enjoyed the movie myself. So, but this latest news featuring Joss Whedon is that he might be switching, or no, he is switching sides. He's been chosen to direct. Batgirl mm. for Warner Brothers, and that would be part of the DC Extended Cinematic Universe, and that is insane. I cannot believe that he's being... Here's, here's, here's like the drama behind this. When Age of Ultron sort of came out, the drama behind the scenes was that Joss Whedon had a terrible time with the movie. It kind of burned him, and his relationship with Marvel was soured from that entire production. I think he, he quit Twitter. All this stuff happened. Wow, I didn't know that. So... This is big news. The idea that he's going to the DCEU has me very excited. Absolutely. Although, you know, so it's a Batgirl movie. I don't know how I feel about a Batgirl movie necessarily. What do you think? I think I'm with you. I, I, I mean, the idea of it's cool, but I'm not, oh, you know, like I'm not, I'm not super excited at the idea of a, of a Batgirl movie. It doesn't make me, you know, jump up and down with joy. It's just kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll see it. I mean, I'm good with it not being Killing Joke because mm-hmm. I hate what Killing Joke does to the Batgirl character. It continues to be this really popular storyline that victimizes her, and I hate it. There are some newer like Batgirl comics that are really interesting, where she's like in college, she's like fully fledged Batgirl. She has her own solo adventures, but to me, I wonder if Batgirl is a character that sort of can carry her own movie. Not that she has to revolve. It doesn't even have to be a thing where she has to revolve around Batman, right? Because uh, for one thing, it would kind of make sense if it was like a Batman movie featuring Batgirl. Mm-hmm. But even in something like Gotham City Sirens would make more sense to me, which is what I think a lot of people are thinking this might be related to. Okay. <clears throat> so Gotham City Sirens, do you know what that is? Nope. They, just guess. I want to... I, I, I have n- I have nothing I you can say to that. This is not, op- I can't even make a snarky joke off of that like, <laughs> just title. Sirens. Because, yeah, it's just... Gotham City with loud noises. Like that's that's all I've got. <laughs> that's all you got so far. Yeah. Uh, the sirens are uh, villains. Uh, the Birds of Prey uh, storyline. Okay. Um, so the sirens are Poison Ivy, yeah. Harley Quinn, and uh, I'm, I'm losing it. Who's the third one? Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, Catwoman. My goodness. And the Birds of Prey are characters like we thought Batgirl was going to be one of the Birds of Prey, along with the other Birds of Prey, which include Black Canary, for example. So. That's kind of where I was seeing this coming from is like that kind of ensemble movie because Batgirl yeah. is a great character. It's the same thing. Like I don't love solo Robin things like even like TV shows. And Robin is always best when he's like Teen Titans or oh, Young yeah. Justice, which I just started watching. Yeah. What do you think of Young Justice? I love Young Justice. I am super into it. How far are you into it? I am. I think I'm eight or nine episodes into the first season, mm. something like that. First season is amazing. Second season is pretty good too. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I just watched the episode where um, 
Red Tornado's like brother and sister coming in yeah, the bat yeah. cave, and then he like disappears and like just kicks butt. The Did whole you time. cry? I mean, in, like, yeah, inside, yeah, no, out, like externally loud. Wow. It was, it was horrible. I could, I could hear your your whelps from the broadband basement. You know? <laughs> yeah. They, they took a while. They buffered. Yeah, it actually, you got it two hours later. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Young Justice, and uh, when it was canceled after season two, I was as bummed as everyone else. But it has been confirmed and renewed for season three. Boom. What? Uh, but anyway, back. what you were saying, yeah, I think yeah. characters like Robin and and I think Batgirl kind of fall, uh, falls into that category of people who are really good in these ensembles. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know how Batgirl is going to do on her own. And you know, I'm like, like I said before, I'm not super interested in like an origin story. Sure, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, and I'm kind of, it's tough. It's tough because I do like those comics. Uh, Kayla Savage, my fiance slash our best friend, you know, she, she likes the Batgirl comics, but she's always said that she likes the, the, like just the artwork Mm -hmm. more than the actual story. Nothing's wrong with the story. I don't know. I don't think it lends itself to a movie. It kind of feels like a better version of Gossip Girl because it has crime fighting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So there's cool stuff there, and uh, it would be cool because maybe it could be post-Oracle and things like that from comics that you're shaking your head. You have no idea. Yeah, not a comic book reader. But John, I do have a question for you. Mm -hmm. In this possible Batgirl movie, who do you see as Batgirl? Well, first, I do want to say, so this will give us a little bit of a frame of reference, right? Okay. Another piece of DCEU news that came out this week that we should, you know, say... Uh, for one thing, the movie Goth- Gotham City Sirens, which um, you know it's going to be its own, it's going to be its own thing. Mm-hmm. That is going to probably be in February 2019. Uh, we we released that and we got this covered just this past week, uh, a while back actually, like I think the ninth. And uh, more recently, on the 27th, it came out that Jessica Chastain is going to be Poison Ivy. So you remember Jessica Chastain from movies like Zero Dark Thirty. Her new movie, The Zookeeper's Wife, just came out. Uh, Fantastic actress. Uh, She was probably the only thing I kind of liked in uh, Crimson Peak. And uh, she's been in a lot of good films. Did you ever watch the movie Lawless? I think so. Shia LaBeouf, Tom Hardy. Yes. Love yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. So she's she's a love interest in yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Fantastic actress. And uh, so she might be Poison Ivy. It's not confirmed yet. That said. She'd be great for that. I, I think it would work. Yeah. I think she looks great for the role. Uh, she has a, she's, I think she would almost be too good because she's one of the best actresses right now. So, mm. yeah. Uh, so back to your original question. Who should be Batgirl? I have. We're going to go back and forth. I think with our picks. Yeah, and I think it's important that you cinemaholics know. Um, I have zero comic book life. I, I have none of this, and I'm not, you know, super in with the hip crowd of actresses in the market right now. So while John's giving you serious recommendations, I'm just going to go. You're going to give more serious recommendations. Yeah, super serious ones because yeah. I think when you think of Batgirl, mm-hmm. you think of a protector. And someone who cares. Right. So my first thought was, I'm just going to go through and pick all the really overconcerned mothers I've seen in movies. Because right. I feel like that fits. I my, approve of this list. My first choice, mm-hmm. Jennifer Garner. And here's why. I saw, in 2014, I saw the movie Men, Women, and Children. And the best part of that movie for me was Jennifer Garner just kind of concerned about what her daughter was texting people. So I would love to see Batgirl just kind of bust in and be like, who are you texting? It's past 10 p.m. And then like gets beat up. Could Adam Sandler be Batman in this? <laughs> I think that works great. So that's that's my first so choice. That only works though if Jennifer Garner. It comes out that not only is she Batgirl, uh, she's forty year old Batgirl, but yeah. she is that's gonna also Electra at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just like that, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's she's she a concerned mom. She's protecting everybody. It she's protecting matter. Daredevil. She's protecting Bat. Okay. Yeah. I got it. She's checking curfews, making lunches. Batman, she stop is on it. Yeah. You okay. texting Superman again? It, it makes the Batman Batgirl like romance in Killing Joke, the animated series or animated movie, made way more sense. Yeah. Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner. You snuck something in there, didn't you? Oh, I'm trying. Yeah. I have no idea what you're referencing, but I'm just going to play that, it off. That's just a beautiful coincidence, isn't it? Because yeah. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner actually were are married. Oh, were. They were. Oh, wait, are. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, they were. Yeah, they were separated. Now they're together. This has been Cinemaholics Gossip Minute. There you go. You're the best celebrity news. <laughs> Brought to you by E. Okay, no. so this is, this is my number one pick. I don't even want to waste any time with this. My number one pick. No other actress for the role. Please let it be Tatiana Maslany. From Orphan Black and those two episodes of Parks and Recreation, the only two things I've seen her in. But anyway, she is she's the right age. She looks great for the role because she, you know, because Batgirl, 
Batgirl is a character who is confident and tough, but she's not like domineering. So I, I've seen some people like suggest like MMA fighters and like these girls who are like, I don't know, they look imposing with like, but yeah, I don't that's know. not that's not Batgirl. Batgirl's sly and kind she's of, got she's quick, yeah. she's fast. Tatiana Maslany fits that perfectly, and she's a seriously great actress who needs to break into movies. Absolutely, my number one pick. My only hesitation would be that if the movie is terrible, she gets blamed for it. Uh, I don't think I don't think that would be nice, but you know, I think that's honestly a great pick. I think she'd do really well for it. Yeah, I may or may not have a huge celebrity crush on her. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's my that's I've got three more recommendations down. And that's okay, now we're gonna get to your next celebrity. So my crush. next recommendation, again, going with the overconcerned protector, I'm going Anna Gunn from Breaking Bad. I knew it. Yeah, she's just like she's she's. I mean, she's a little oblivious at first. But when she finds out, she's on it. Like she really controls that situation. In this one, Batgirl owns a car wash. Yeah, owns a owns a car wash and is blonde. <laughs> and is blonde. Well, Batgirl's been blonde. Oh yeah, Stephanie Brown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So again, no. <laughs> that's the only way that would work. That'd that, be. I don't have a witty explanation for that. Other than that, I just I, that that works for that, me. Stephanie so. Brown sounds like a name. Sure. Yeah, you got it. All right, John. Who else do you have? Okay. Okay. So Anna Gunn. That's tough. That's tough to beat. Um, uh, my next this so this suggestion was inspired by uh, me Alicia Grasso, who's one of my great friends. She's editor in chief of Movie Pilot, actually, and her number one pick, which is my number two, Holland Rodent from Teen Wolf. She plays she plays Ace Iron um, in the Teen Wolf series on MTV. A she has the strawberry blonde hair that mm-hmm. is perfect for Batgirl. B mm-hmm. she has a lot of experience with. You know, not necessarily like Batgirl's like supernatural stuff, but, you know, like high concept material. Not a lot of people realize this, but the Teen Wolf series is so rich. It's rich in atmosphere. The writing is really good. For an MTV show, it's actually really good. One of my favorite series in probably the last, like, let's see, it came out in 2011. The first two seasons were like my basically my favorite, and around that time, it was one of the best shows on television. Really, at that point, yeah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> so fantastic, totally worth binging. It's on Netflix. Cool, highly recommend. If you like weird horror stuff, uh, it's not like the '80s movie at all. But anyway, Holland Roden is one of the best characters in it. She's very. She's got like kind of. A, I'm beautiful. I know it, but she's also really intelligent. She uh, plays a smart character. She's kind of a brain and. But it's never like in a way that's stereotypical or cliche. So she's got the experience. She's got the acting chops. She's itching for a big role. 100% recommend. Eddie Redmayne. Just think about this for a second. I think he's got the body type for it. (laughs) I mean, if we're being real. And I don't think he's shying away from playing uh, women roles before. So I think think he could kill it. No, and he kills it. Uh, Eddie Redmayne. Does he do the mumbling like... There's no place for me. Yeah, no, I just want basically what I want is him to do that character just in Batgirl suit. But and also the Jupiter Ascending version where he literally like will whisper like Batman, I don't think we should go there. Yeah, yeah. I just I I don't know. I like his cheekbones and I just thought it would work. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, and then here's my actual I I think that well we we need to speak to Eddie Redman's greatest strength, which is singing, which we know from Lady Zara. And Bad Girl the Musical? Mating dances? Oh. From Fantastic <laughs> Beasts and Where to Find Them. There you go. Okay. So uh, just keeping those two things in mind, like if he and Killer Croc. I think those are two great ingredients for a Bad Girl movie. Oh, we're just trying to keep things a bit original by making them derivative. Mm. So Yeah. Okay. So here's my one actual recommendation. Um, and this is because I just came off of watching Iron Fist on Netflix mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I loved it. John hated it because that's how this relationship works. I don't hate Iron Fist. I know, but I just... I like I, that I show. Feel like everyone, I mean, it wasn't great. Everyone just kind of assumed you hated it, so I just had to say it. No, I thought it was okay. I, I had issues with it, though. I think it anyway. kind of sucks, actually. It's kind of bad, but I liked it. <laughs> there you go. See, uh, Jessica Henwick. I think I think she could do it. Um, she's again, like you said, she's you know I think she's in the right age group. She's no, you know, she's not shy to action and things are apparently scenes. not working out with Marvel. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I gotta say, she she was my favorite thing about Iron Fist, and she she was, was the best character in Iron Fist. She was like the best character of the Sand Snakes in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and nobody liked the Sand Snakes. And also. Jessica Henwick, she just knows how to fight. She that's something you obviously need. It'd be really cool to have like an Asian Batgirl. That'd be pretty interesting yeah. and different. Yeah. And uh I'm into it. I think that 
I think that she, she's only 24, which you corrected me when we were debating this earlier. Yeah, but you, she's only 24. But to me, she does kind of look maybe a little bit too old for the role. I mean, you could argue the same thing, though, for Tatiana Oslani. Yeah, I disagree. I don't think she looks too old at all. Not I guess that it could work. we should reduce all this to the way she looks, but still. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think at any rate, if this is a solo movie, this is probably going to be a college-aged Batgirl, so you're probably right. Yeah, I think she'd do great for it. Not a bad pick. It. Not a bad pick. So, okay, so we got a couple of runners up um, before we get to your final pick. Yeah. yeah right? So you have, you have like a master, like you think this is going to beat all of them. Yeah. No, I think this is, okay. really, this is it. Well, my last few picks, as good as I can get it. Uh, well, one, a lot of people think Lindsay Morgan from The 100 has a good shot. She seems to be alluding that she's part of a big project with DC. Some people are thinking that might have to be a Batgirl tie-in. I'm not convinced necessarily but hey it could be lindsey morgan yeah uh, i also think anya taylor joy would be fantastic she was uh, recently in split the m night Shyamalan movie uh but a better movie i thought that she was in uh, not morgan <laughs> that was another movie she was in last year but the witch from last uh i think it was around springtime early or late winter that movie came out she was fantastic in the witch and anya taylor joy is a fantastic actress uh, I, I could totally see Anya Taylor Joy doing it. Yeah, oh yeah, she's she's super great. Uh, I'm not so I'm not convinced that she has the like fighting chops. Like she could do a lot, but you know she's probably a great you know stud. She's probably a good study, so she could figure it out. Uh, there's also so we we sort of disagree on this. Uh, I was throwing up in the air. Haley Steinfeld is a popular choice. Uh, she was more recently in Edge of Seventeen. She was in. She was that little girl from True Grit, and then more recently she was in Pitch Perfect Two. You know she has. She is, she's a good actress. She's good. I, she wasn't my favorite thing about Edge of 17, but that had more to do with the writing. Mm-hmm. I think she's great. She's solid. I don't know if I could see her, though, like crime fighting. She doesn't seem like a physical actress. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, and Even more so than Anya Taylor-Joy. Honestly. Yeah, and she's she's great, and and I think she could bring a lot to it. But at the same time, I don't know. I just, it's I don't the equivalent get... of like Shia LaBeouf, you know, <laughs> being Robin. Yeah, I, I just, I don't get the the kind of like you know, this imposing kind of back, not that back, you just said that, but you know, like a crime fighter yeah, kind of feel for yeah. her. I just, I don't know. That's my only hang up, but maybe she could prove us wrong. Right. Uh, lots of people have done that already with like Ben Affleck proved a lot of people wrong as Batman. So. Yeah. All right. So then, okay. You have the beat all. Here's my it? closer. And this is an honor of our feature review for today. Um, I think Scarlett Johansson should do it. Joe Hansen. I said Go Hansen. Joe Hansen. Yeah, Scarlett Goat Hansen. Scarlet. No, <laughs> what about that? Because though? I think what uh, Batgirl needs is a completely monotone performance. I would love to see uh, Batgirl drop down and just go, I'm Batgirl. We can't tell already. This is going to be a fun review. I am here to fight crime. I am very concerned about these issues. I'm Batgirl. I'm Black Widow. Uh, Batgirl. Take that, Joker. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, she's it. That's all I have to say about it. Okay, I don't think I'm going to be able to beat that. But hey, fellow Cinemaholics, if you are interested in any of our picks or you have a pick of your own, don't forget to let us know. Uh, I didn't mention earlier, but if you email us, cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com, lend us your feedback and we just might read it on next week's show. Just maybe. Just maybe. We got some good emails this week. A lot of like minute stuff, though. Nothing, I think, like no questions necessarily. It's also important. I think uh, sometimes this can be... It's important to be said. Uh, if you have suggestions too, or things that you want to hear, or you know, if you we're hate, still a young show, we're only eight episodes yeah, in, yeah, and we're still working on it. We're that's not what, confident. That's yet. what they bring me out of the broadband basement for is to fix things. So, if you have questions, concerns, or things you want to hear, or things you want us to change, let us know. We'd be happy to make it uh, make it as best of an experience as it can be for all of us. Or don't let us know and just wait for us to figure it out ourselves. But don't count That'll on that. That'll take longer. Yeah, because John doesn't share emails, so we don't know. That's right. John, right. what's next, buddy? Well, we're going to talk about Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to have... I don't know if we'll do a spoiler discussion. I think we're going to play it by ear in that case. But yeah. uh, if we do a spoiler discussion, we will warn you. But for now, let's talk about the movie spoiler-free. Mm. So Ghost in the Shell... Uh, Here is the IMDb synopsis. In the near future, Major is the first of her kind, a human saved from a terrible crash who is cyber-enhanced to be a perfect soldier devoted to stopping the world's most dangerous criminals. The movie is directed by Rupert Sanders, who directed the classic Snow White and the Huntsman, 2012. That's right. one One of the most iconic ripped off by the way (laughs) comics and anime series 
of all time, one of the most forward-thinking... I mean, The Matrix ripped off Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. It, it is a cultural touchstone. And the person that you hand this movie to is the director of Snow White and the Huntsman. That's fantastic. Well, needless to say, you got your money's worth, if you ask me. The movie stars Scarlett Johansson, as we alluded to earlier, uh, along with a lot of uh, a lot of surprise characters. So, obviously, we're just going to get out of the way. Whitewashing mm-hmm. is a thing. So... Look, you can argue it all you want. Well, you know, she's a robot, so she's not Japanese. You, yeah, She's white for some reason. Whatever. Maybe we'll get to that. But it, it should just be said that this is an Asian character named Matoko, who is played by Scarlett Johansson. And the other and main... Bato, her like, best friend, and uh, who uh, really good like effects that they did with the eyes thing, by the way. Yeah, great. Uh, is played by i don't know what ethnicity he is but i'm pretty sure he's like some european nordic something like that but that's Uzbek, which i don't know if i'm pronouncing correctly and it's weird because there are some half measures to sort of balance this cast out we do have asian actors we have the legendary takashi katano uh who plays aramaki and that was a great casting choice and then you have michael pitt I, Michael Pitt? Michael Pitt is that really <laughs> annoying dude from like those early 2000s movies that you never rooted for. That yeah. movies would keep it, hey, he's a sensitive guy. You should root for him. And then other movies are like, no, he's a creep. Anyway, he's in this movie too. And a lot of other actors, but those are pro- those are the main ones. Uh, Julia Pinoche is in this one as well. So, And uh, the guy yeah. who plays Kuze. Um, That's Michael Pitt. Oh, is that Michael Pitt? That's sorry. Michael Pitt. Okay. I think you're thinking of Cutter. Yeah, sorry. Different guy. I was I got confused. Yeah, I don't even know who plays Cutter. Uh, oh, Peter Ferdinando. So, let's get into it. Uh, Maverick, what did you generally, what did you think of Ghost in the Shell? Um, I was really excited when it started. I thought the opening um, sequence was was actually really well done. It was very... When it peaked. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely... The movie peaked. peaks with its opening sequence, but... That's to say, it's a fantastic opening sequence. It's a great opening sequence. I was really because I I went into the movie pretty blind. Um, I wanted to see it with no, I don't you know I don't want, I had never watched the anime. I had very little knowledge of this story, so I was like, cool, I'm gonna go see this for the first time. Mm-hmm. Really excited. The opening sequence happened, and I was I was like, whoa, this is gonna be really good. Yeah. And even the opening shot after that, I was still kind of like, oh, this is cool. It's it's somewhat visually. And it should be said, you didn't know any of the reviews going in. I barely had any sort of idea. I knew nothing, so I went in really hopeful and then when i saw the first you know few minutes i I was even more excited and then that's that's pretty much where it stopped for me um i found the movie to be dive i i'm not a i wouldn't say i'm like an aggressive cinema holic i I, you know i don't i'm not you are you are a measured cinema holic you savor yes yes uh I, I, I'm not a you know a hater. I, I don't like to go in and be like, man, that's the worst movie ever, or anything like that. And I'm not going to say that now. But I like there was a point where I was like, I could leave right now. Like I could, <laughs> I could walk out of this movie, and I think I'd be just fine. Um, the the opening sequence kind of captivated me, and then from then I just I kind of got bored. There wasn't a lot of depth. There wasn't you know the pacing kind of felt. Yeah, it, it just it never grabbed me to the point where I was like, oh, this is great. And where it fell through first for me was the first fight sequence i was really looking forward to it the you know the graphics so far had looked great and then the first fight sequence happened and i was just like oh like that's that's where we're starting and then it just never really got better there for me sure sure it's weird because you sort of mentioned you you went into it not knowing about the anime not knowing about the comic and i still don't know i I never read well i never read like the anime comics yeah the manga uh but i did watch the show i watched the animated feature and I didn't watch all of it. I always liked Ghost in the Shell. I never loved it, but it's mostly because I didn't get into it until a while after it had sort of already been copied a lot. It's kind of sad, but like that that is like a true thing with Ghost in the Shell. A lot of the things in it have been sort of done to death at this point, which is why like a remake I always found like as a really risky proposition. And that might have been kind of one of its big downfalls. Is that yeah, it it's so a big reason I was bored. That it made this movie feel played out, yeah. even though this was supposed to be the original. And it's uh, weird though, because there are things in it that are striking. Uh, yeah. The production design, for one thing, the the visuals, the way that they mash up this world, this like... San Francisco, basically from Big Hero Six, with like 
just the technology that it presents. I thought that they did a good job, that they, they put a lot of effort into bringing the series to life. The only thing is that none of it really connected for me because I didn't care enough about the characters. And as you know, that's a death knell for me. Generally speaking on this movie, I don't, I don't know exactly like where you stand on it, but I really did not think it was a good film. I thought that it really suffers from Scarlett Johansson. I think a lot of people disagree. I think a lot of people think that uh, she did a really good job with this one. And from what I've read, I mean, some people were sort of praising like, oh, she does a good job at not playing someone who's not human. To me, that's not enough. Like with Major, Major, you're right, is monotone. She's She sort of like has these moments in the anime that aren't supposed to be like overacting. But I don't know. There, there was just something about maybe it's because they brought this to live action that it just loses that. You know, a lot of people are complaining that the whitewashing is unfair because because Major is not supposed to be Japanese. Major is supposed to be a construct. She's supposed to be sort of like not eth- any ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So people have used that to justify, well, it doesn't really matter if she looks like this ethnicity because yeah. So you see what I'm saying? Like in an anime, you can sort of get away with it being culturally ambiguous. Yeah. That was the whole point to her character. Mm-hmm. This movie lacks that because Scarlett Johansson isn't ethnically ambiguous. Do you want to tell me that she doesn't look like a European? Because that counts. Like that's a thing. Yeah. So like that's that's just something it takes me out of the movie, right? I, I don't think that it should destroy the movie for everybody, but it does bum me out. It bums me out that like we just can't have an Asian actress. There are so many good ones. Absolutely. Be in this movie. Why? Because it's culturally ambiguous. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. And I think Scarlett Johansson is kind of where it fell through for me as well. Um, just because of the, mo- and, and, and like she you has said, great presence though. Yeah. And she's good at staring. She's, at things. That's she's, not, she's good joking. at looking intimidating. She's good at, you know, the, the, you know, crime fighty vibe. That's yeah, you know, definitely sure. her thing. I get that. And I don't think Scarlett Johansson's a bad actress. I don't have anything against her as an actress in general. I just think, and I get that she was playing a robot or a human in a robot's body. I understand that aspect of it. But like I said to you after the movie, I feel like I was still missing some humanity from her performance. Which is weird because we know from movies like Lucy and Under the Skin that she's good at bringing life into roles that on the surface seem totally wrong for mm-hmm. her. I don't think this movie does that Not at, at all. all. I think she just locked too much into the the robot box. And again, I don't know much about the you know the, the history of the the Ghost in the Shell. So maybe I'm just totally out of line, and I don't understand that that's the character. But for me, going in blind for someone who doesn't know the anime at all, I, it, you needed some of that. If you're going to make this into a live action film, and people who are going to go see it who maybe have as much knowledge about it as I do, you need to have some sort of captivating humanity to the performance. Right. And I just I didn't get that. I would have liked this out. movie a lot more. I would have liked the weirdness. I would have liked the visuals. I think this movie would have been a really good movie if they had just made me care about the characters through the writing, through in in comedy. I don't want to throw the solid Scarlett Johansson. I can't really point to anything that she does wrong. I just don't think the direction was really there. Yeah. I don't th- think she was given way too many scenes where she doesn't say anything. She just sort of stares. And there's no momentum to it. The pacing is really off. <laughs> yeah, there's one moment when she she comes up. She's on a boat. She's talking to her friend. You know, they're sad. They're talking about stuff or whatever. And I think like a full minute and a half is her like staring off the side of the boat and talking. Stops talking and then just walks to the other side of the boat and then does the same thing it's and stares. Weird. It doesn't. T- it was just like, why was that there? And I don't things understand. are drawn out for no reason. I, this movie needed better editing for sure. That entire sequence where she's in the water finding this dude, she's fighting like a guy who's normal, who's no more special than any other character we've been exposed to. Yeah. But the movie treats it like it's this like stunning, it's epic matched. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not evenly matched. She's just like, Beating up, beating him up relentlessly <laughs> yeah. in the water, and it doesn't look very good. No. There were a lot of moments in the movie that didn't look good, even though there were some moments that looked amazing. I think, I think the underwhelming visual moments severely outweighed the uh, good ones. For me, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would say, I'd say it's seventy-five twenty-five, and the seventy-five is the stuff that looked good. Okay. See, I, I disagree. Maybe it's just because I was so bored at that point that I just stopped. You were just ready to hate. Hate. I was ready to get out. And you mentioned editing, and I think it's very important to mention the um, the audio editing in this movie as well. I could understand about half of what was going on because, again, you know was, what part of that though is, and it, we should point out. I mean, this was the same theater. We we complained about the same thing with Belko experiment. It always is like these big like th- this was a century. It's always these big century AMC theaters because the speakers are always really low. It's okay. such a big room, so that that could be a part of it. Uh, I think that if we had if we had 
manage to go to one of the... I like to go to smaller theaters whenever I possibly can yeah, for and, that reason. And maybe that's it. But there were definitely scenes where you know there's a fight sequence or something going on mm-hmm. and the dialogue just got lost for me and there was an action scene too where like in a different way visually like the way that like the lights and stuff i literally like twice in this movie i had to cover my eyes because i was like this i'm not getting anything out of this because you were so scared shiny and annoying and i'm getting a seizure uh oh yeah there there was a scene where she's fighting like three three dudes in a hallway and they have flashlights and it was like it wasn't like, oh, this is artsy. It yeah, was, it was I wasn't painful. interested. I wasn't. See, here's the other thing about this. Uh, there's a lot of gunfighting in this movie, and it's just such empty action for me because I, I, we were talking about this right after the movie. You, you haven't seen John Wick or John Wick Chapter Two. I've seen John Wick. I just oh, not, the just first not John Chapter yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah, not the second one though. We are so spoiled with like movies like this with such amazing stunt work. Yeah, uh, not just John Wick, but I mean, there's a lot of movies that are just really bringing it with action. I would say one of my favorite thing about. Uh, Captain America Civil War and Captain America Winter Soldier. The action in those movies like fantastic. So good. They do such a great job of like making you care when the kicks and the punches land. This movie I couldn't care less. I never for a single moment thought Major was in any danger whatsoever. And I don't think they even tried to make it seem like that at one point. I mean Right. She's just really tough. She's it's a problem because so she's hyper competent, mm-hmm. but she lacks sort of like self-awareness. So that's supposed to be the balance of her character. The problem is if you don't care about her lack of self-awareness because the movie doesn't present that super well, the hyper competency falls completely flat. Yeah. So it that's also becomes kind of boring at that point. Right. So like that's what we're saying is I think other people watch this movie and really love it because they like watching hyper confident characters do really cool things. And the problem though for people I think like us who went into it, we couldn't like that stuff because everything else just completely underwhelmed. Well, to enjoy that stuff, you have to be entertained to that point. Exactly. And at that point I was already like checked out of the movie. And I think it's kind of funny. I mean uh, on tomatoes, it's it's forty two percent by their critics, and it's sixty four percent by people who viewed it. So that kind of shows, we, we, uh, yeah, a little bit. And and I think even that forty two percent, you'll see that the average rating isn't very high. Yeah, uh, there are people who come out and they they like this movie. And I think I think that there is a case to be made to defend this movie. I think that the, some of the visuals, yeah, watching a lot of movies, there were so, certain things in here. I was like, wow, that's really cool. That's really interesting. There and I think really, that deserves a lot of merit. There were some really funny things kind of hidden in the the buildings around around the city as well that I really enjoyed. Like, sure, at the end, there's a Shiba in a suit doing a newscast, and I, like I thought that was really <laughs> enjoyable. And like that stuff was cool too. I, you know, there, but the fact that I remember that over the rest of the movie is kind of the issue. <laughs> Let's. I, I do want to talk about stuff that's a bit more spoilery. Uh, it's not a big thing, but uh, it is a big thing actually. It's it's kind of my main issue with the movie, but. Let's uh, let's give our just final grades on this one. You know, there are things that deserve merit here. I, I can't come out and I, I've been between a C minus and a C. I think I'm going to give give this one a C, just barely though, just just barely slipping by. I think it's passable, uh, like right down the line. It, it reminds me a little bit of Avatar in that sort of way, where mm. the visuals just don't make up for everything else. Uh, what about you? I think. If it's just me, I need to stop saying I think. If I it's think, just me, I, feel... I would give it like a D plus if that's a, if that's an acceptable grade. But understanding what a lot of people are going to see, I think C is a, a good grade for this movie. C, C minus. I, I think that's a good place for it to be. I went out, I left it thinking C minus. Yeah. And uh, I was really close to, yeah. But I, I, I did, you know, the more I thought about the movie, I did start to think of things I actually did like. Things that we didn't really get to, I guess, but, uh, you know. Takashi Katana, seeing him in anything, he's such a fantastic actor. It's funny we talked about this with uh, what was it? I can't remember, but uh, oh, with uh, Iron Fist. But he he totally stole the show on this too. He was my favorite part of the movie. Was sure, his performance I, I think this movie would have. Well, you know that's why this movie to me would have been a lot better if it had been more of a, an ensemble, mm-hmm. right? With the Section Nine squad being a little bit more of a unit and everybody sort of being important, not yeah. just Major. Because they don't really reveal anything about the rest of these guys until like the end when they have a couple fight sequences and you're like, oh, this is really That's kind of the issue, right? Because like they hinge all of the emotional investment on everything revolving around one character. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. I mean Especially when that character's not a good one. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think the thing that I didn't like the anime just for major, I liked it for all the characters. Mm-hmm. And not all the characters it, it didn't revolve around her like that a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's get into spoilers. If you are listening and you don't want to be spoiled on Ghost of the Shell, please pause and move forward or whatever you want to do, and uh, we will we will let you know when the spoiler ban is lifted. 
Okay, so here's the thing. First of all, I'm well aware that the creator of the series totally said he was okay with Scarlett Johansson's casting. Okay? I don't care. Yeah. Okay? I'm sick of that being used as an excuse. He's profiting off of this. He's not going to say something bad about the movie. He's a nice guy. I, I don't take that as some sort of like, oh, then that justifies all of this. Second thing. What were they thinking? <laughs> what in the world were they thinking to for this entire thing to be that her name is Motoko because it's an Asian brain inside of a white person? It is the reverse Get Out. Yeah. It, Did I, you watch Get Out? I think I kept telling you to watch it and you didn't. Yeah. I, see, I, you have to stop asking me if I watch things because if they <laughs> you say no more, they're going to be like, you need to get this there guy out of here. Yeah, he needs to get out of here. No. Okay. So Get Out has a twist in it. Uh that has to do with the idea don't of don't ruin like, it for me i'm gonna see it okay fine i won't mention that but in terms of like it's an asian person's brain inside of what how thick can you be to not think that that's offensive yeah right it's, like it's, we're gonna have our cake and eat it too mentality of we're not gonna cast an asian character but we're still gonna profit off of major's name it's it's really funny that you mentioned that the creator of the series said he was okay with scarlett johansson doing this because um the, let me make sure I get this right. The Media Action Network for Asian Americans has absolutely condemned Scarlett Johansson for taking this part because apparently in an interview, I don't know when, she has said before, I'll never play in a role where I'm portraying a different race. And now and we should like, be specific. This is Mama Rishi who yeah. is saying this, that he is supporting it. I don't care. It doesn't work for me. And I think that they're right to point that out. I think that it's an excuse. I think all of this like bending around to sort of say, well, you know, she's, you know, an immigrant and they're sort of making her. So the idea is that Asian is too ethnic. And so an Android, like if you were just going to have an a ethnic, like a a person who's devoid of ethnicity, it's going to be a white person. Get out of here. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I can't even, the only thing I can think of for the reasoning behind why they would do this, like you said, they're going to profit off of it. It's easier to sell a movie that not a lot of people might know about when Scarlett Johansson's name's on it versus maybe an Asian American actress who doesn't have as much, you know, big ticket selling capabilities like she does from her Avengers right, right. right now. Because I remember when the movie was like originally coming out, that was the argument was like, well, you know, the idea is supposed to be that these characters are, uh, it's like ambiguous that they're Japanese because this is like a city where they had a lot of like immigrants from other places. And okay, I get that. That'd be understandable if there were more Asian American people in the movie. Yeah. It, it, here's the trouble with this. Like, I'm first of all, when we have, like, we actually have great stories featuring Asian characters, but we refuse to put them in these movies. And when something fails because it has Asians, not because, but when it does have Asian characters, people say, well, it's because people don't want to see an Asian actress in a movie. And I just think it's bunk. And I think that we're coming up with excuses and it's it's indefensible. And here's the thing. If they're going to just come out and say that and be like, well, you know, we want a big actress to carry this movie because we don't want to spend a lot of money on it. Scarlett Johansson, that's what we're doing. Okay, that's what you're going to do. But do you not don't use the to, excuse? Yeah. yeah, don't try to come Justify at us this. with like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing you is, have to change her name. You, you have to take it out. Yeah, you can use excuses if it was, you know, Scarlett Johansson was like the lone white person covering an Asian thing. But they did it with multiple characters. Yeah. And it was so that's like you can't really They did it with the support. You can't the, the argue this, this this statement of, of whitewashing when you've did it not only with the main character, but with the supporting cast too. Right. You know, and I don't know uh, the guy who plays Kuzo. I, I I don't know the guy who played him. I've never seen him before, so he wasn't like a draw for me to come see. The, you know what I mean? So it's like there's not really a reason to replace him at that. Yeah, point. Yeah, that one is even more indefensible yeah. in, in my opinion. I think that look, you, you, the idea is supposed to be that there are some American characters, but I mean, the person who guides her is not is not Asian. Uh, her best friend isn't Asian. It's just like it's more and more and more. And they're like, well, we got Takashi Kitano. And oh well, who was almost barely in the movie? I mean, he had he not, had not, great scenes, and his scenes know, were good. But yeah. they're like, you can't just put that as your Easter egg. We have, you know, we put. Yeah, he's Asian. not. I guess not technically a main character. He's kind of like a key player still. But yeah, it, it just it it's not justifiable to me at all. And I think that it it just makes it a lot worse. Like I could sort of be like, well, movie, you lose points for this. But for me, what makes me kind of just annoyed by it and just sort of and just offended, honestly, like I don't get offended that easily. 
but it just like if you're doing the brain thing to justify the name that is just thick yeah it doesn't make sense it doesn't hold a lot of weight and you can't really make an argument out of it no it's it's pretty blatant what happened here right okay but let's let's step away from that for a minute let's talk about some other things that you didn't like about the movie as far as spoilers go i kind of already mentioned them honestly the the some visual set pieces in production design takashi katano uh i didn't care for the writing i didn't care for the dialogue to be honest so none of that stuff gets into it i think that they reused too many scenes over and over oh my gosh you yes. know there were, there were nice touches i did like that it felt like its own thing while also being able to lift from the previous that that's a tough like line to cross mm-hmm. right i think jurassic world did a good job at that yeah you know it did a good job of feeling like its own thing while also like it does lift a lot from the original jurassic park uh, i know not everybody loves that movie but i really liked it uh so i think ghost in the shell does that stuff pretty well honestly those are about the only things that i really cared for uh to be honest i aside from production design uh yeah not much else to get excited about so i mean like i said before i I was pretty bored throughout most of the movie and when it came to the point for like you know the final battle sequence i was like okay maybe they did something big here maybe that's why the rest of this movie is dragged they kind of saved all their money for the big budget at the end yeah yeah in the final battle like was against something we hadn't seen this entire movie. We see Scarlett Johansson, and uh, it, it is something from the original series. It, they are again. sort of like, yeah, it's 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 sort of like an iconic thing. Okay, the spider. And maybe that's yeah. where me missing out on the original stuff. But so, they didn't do it in a way that I thought was all that compelling. The so. spider tank comes out of nowhere and they fight it for a few minutes, and yeah. it's not an exciting battle. Well, I think I think the re- the thing that people like fans will really like about it is the part where she does like lose her arms fighting it. That's straight from the material. Mm-hmm. So. I think they were just sort of banking on that being a powerful moment without it making sense within the context of the movie they presented us. So, And again, I don't know you know, the endings and stuff like that, and I've said that before, but when she's done doing that, her arm falls off, she kind of falls to the ground next to Kuzo, and they kind of make it seem in that moment like she's completely incapacitated, like her body's broken, but her mind's still there. And I don't know why, but it really bothered me that like three minutes later, she just kind of got up and walked away like nothing happened. And I guess she's a robot and stuff like that happened. Yeah. But they made it seem, they kind of led us to believe like her body's kind of broken at this point. She can't move. She just kind of flops her head to the side and she's laying there for a while. And then she just like gets up and walks away like nothing happened. And I don't know why that was like really confusing to me. 100%. And uh, one last thing I do want to say, because some people are probably listening and like, well, who who would you have cast? Who would you put as major? Jane Tian. Yeah. 100%. Jean Tian. We just saw her in Great Wall. She was fantastic. She's good in almost every movie she's in. We know that she draws audiences. And you know, it's just weird to me. It's weird to me that we're so afraid. I know it's a Japanese, you know, anime, uh, but that still is going to play pretty well in China. And we're right now in a climate where box office is really being driven by international. Mm -hmm. And I understand China's not Japan, but... Jing Tian is a Chinese actress who is fantastic. She'd be great in that. She would be great. I mean, it, it would still kind of face the same territory as like, well, why wouldn't you get a Japanese actress? Fair enough. You know, get someone who's Japanese. But I'm just saying, like, you can't really say that only a white character or a white actor can play this character. Like, yeah. there are a lot of other people that are they had a lot options. closer to what people would envision Major to be as. But anyway, it's just we're beating it that They knew they had the options and they chose not to do it. That's basically where it's at. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a weird. It is a weird issue to have. It's not something that I outright opposed, like as Ghost in the Shell was in production. You know, it wasn't something that I was like, I'm ready to hate it. But it is something that I wish they had handled with more respect. It's something I wish they had been more creative with. If they could put as much creative energy as they did into the production values, yeah, it could have been. It it could have been handled quite uh, correctly and. I guess not correctly, because I don't know if there's any correct way to do it necessarily. There's better. a spectrum, right? You know, a, a level of effort being paid to respecting this culture and, and avoiding appropriation and knowing things like that. But anyway, like I said, beating a dead horse. That's all I got. That's all I got. Super outrage. Liberal John is gone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Semi-conservative, outlandish, outrageous John is here. Mm. Yeah. I'm scared a little bit. I'm not following that up. I'm not even going to. Yeah. Mm-mm, not even going to start that one. <laughs> we don't have enough so time. So Libertarian Maverick. Yeah, uh, here we what? go. <laughs> uh, so where can people find this podcast if they want more episodes of Cinemaholics? John? Yeah. You have to tell me answers like that ahead of time before you. Before See, you because have... I asked because I was like, is he going to know? Well, and I mean, I, I have like a big answer, but I don't want to even... say the wrong thing. Yeah. YouTube, iTunes, 
you told me about Omni a few minutes ago. I don't know what that is, but that sounds cool. <laughs> Omni is actually a website where you can find episodes to download directly. So thank you for bringing that up. Matt. Omni. I like putting you on the spot, test, testing your Yeah, it makes us look really professional when I have no <laughs> idea what's happening. Uh, but like you said, yeah, uh, hang out with us on YouTube, as we mentioned a couple times in, the, uh, in this episode. And if you want to hang out with me and Maverick personally, uh, you can't in person probably, but... You can find me on Twitter at John Agroni or on my website, johnagroni.com, or just go to wegotthiscover.com to find where I, I usually review TV shows. Uh, Maverick Hines, is you there can find me can find you? anywhere dial up is sold. Anywhere dial up. Okay. <laughs> so, Office Max. Yeah. And you're handing out the AOL cards. Mm-hmm. The, the minutes discs. Yeah. Your hours <laughs> your of AOL job. chat. Uh, you can find me at skaterboy55 at AOL. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I have an Instagram. Can I plug my Instagram? Uh, yes. My personal? It's Maverick H, but no one will spell my name right, so just add whoever you find. Yeah, so just like try to find him. Actually, we want you to put some effort into this, and yeah. that's how we'll know that you care. But on a serious note, don't forget to engage, comment. We want to know what you guys think. We want to hear from you guys. Right, that's right. Uh, let us know what you think of the episode, and we will see you guys again next week. Thank you for so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, on another great episode of Cinemaholics. From the Internet California, I am John O'Groney. From the dial-up basement, I am Maverick Hines. See you next time. Later.